Hi, and welcome to Flathead Valley Community College Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We are coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range. I'm John Fraley, longtime FVCC instructor in wildlife conservation and introductory ecology for the past 35 years, and I spent 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. So I love nature. I've lived with it all my life. And in the Nature Journal, we'll be focusing on the critters and quirks of nature found on the campus, the wide surrounding Flathead Basin, including the Bob Marshall Wilderness and Glacier National Park, and sometimes we'll expand beyond that. Together, we hope to learn lots of fun facts about the fascinating flora and fauna that we are so lucky to live with in our world. Our producer is Colin Burkhart, a student employee here at the Flathead Valley Community College Library. And thanks to Susan Matter, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Today, we're very excited to be visiting with award-winning photographer, author, newspaper editor, and Glacier Park expert, Chris Peterson. Chris, thanks a lot for coming on. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so anyway, you're the editor of Hungry Horse News, and you've had various uh, jobs there and so on, but you're kind of coming in behind uh, Mel Reuter, who was actually the, one of the only, or the only, um, Pulitzer Prize-winning newspaper, Hungry Horse News, right, in, in, in the state. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, only Pulitzer Prize-winning weekly. Okay. Great Falls Tribune won one, too. Okay, so, all right. But, yeah. So, Chris, you're known as an amazing photographer. In fact, George Ostrom, who's uh, famous around the valley here, said personally to me that you he felt you were the best shooter in the Flathead. So that's a big compliment coming from George. And you photographed every species and every nook and cranny in the Flathead, and you've got lots of fun stories. So let's talk about some of those. Um, how about the link story? Sure. Um, a few years ago, uh, quite a few years ago now, my kids were little, and um, we went to cut our Christmas tree. And, of course, it's snowy in December, and there's these big cat tracks in the snow, and um, I left my kids there with the tree to get the saw, came back. We got back to the truck, well, and, and uh, there were three links in the road. So yeah. you saw this links, and when you got back to the truck? Yeah, we got back to the truck. We're, we hop in the truck to go home, and there's uh, three links in the road. A mother and two kids. Wow. So, yeah, that was pretty fun. And you got pretty good photos of Oh, them. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you got the links in the, in the snow, you know, the big fat snowflakes. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you also uh, told me about a Wolverine experience you had that was pretty exciting. Yeah, I was hiking up the Sun Road in the spring. You know how you can hike up the Sun Road? Well, I had come around on the east side and going up Pagan Mountain, and um, there was a Wolverine uh, eating a mountain goat, a dead wow. mountain goat that had died, you know, and it dug it up, and... And it walked right in front of me. Like, you, I mean, it was like nature photography candy. Huh? I'll be yeah. And yeah. you said then it went up the hill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It went up, uh, it went up Pegan Mountain in about 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, you remember uh, the Wolverine study that was done, and the one Wolverine went over the top of Cleveland Mountain, what, an hour and a half or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90 minutes, I think Copeland said. Yeah. yeah. Je Jeff Copeland, the guy who did the study. Yep. So another, what I felt was a real bizarre happening that you had was on the High Line Trail, and you were, tell us about that one. You had a grizzly encounter there. Oh, yeah. Um, so we, we, we were hiking on the High Line Trail with a bunch of folks, and, and we had a woman from Ireland, and I had gotten into a little conversation with her, and we got to talking about, she, she knew nothing about the park or anything of that nature, and we got to talking about bears and bear spray. Well, we come around the corner, and there's this grizzly bear with a cub, uh, you know, two-year-old cub. She's kicking the cub out, and um, the bear's coming right down the trail at us. And we happen to have a park ranger with us, so we get off the trail. The bear's coming down the trail. We're yelling, yelling, and um, I start taking pictures. I'm not paying attention, but all of a sudden I hear this. Psh -psh -psh -psh. 
<laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? Who's spraying bear spray? Well, it turned out that the park ranger had pulled his bear spray out, and he accidentally hit the button, and it sprayed, guess who? The woman from Ireland. And so, Boy, that must have been terrible. I mean, it, ooh, you know, well, it was not. It, was, it wasn't good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, that's. I mean, even if you get a little on your finger and touch your lip, it's right, right. Yeah, and she took it right to the right to the face, unfortunately. And this was a group of what's was called the Over the Hill Gang. You guys were actually shoveling out the Highline Trail. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so what happened after she got sprayed? Well, they washed her up and they took her to um, <laughs> Granite Park because we weren't far far from Granite Park. You could see Granite Park. Oh, really? Oh, you, you were pretty far away. Oh, yeah. It was right. like we were. Like a half a mile away. Yeah. So you washed her up with what, water bottles? <laughs> yeah, they washed snow? her up with water bottles, and then I hiked back with the ranger um, to clear the trail. Me and another fella did. Okay. So, yeah. Well, you know, people talk about wolves, and I'm sure you've seen a bunch, but you had one encounter where, a couple encounters, one where you walked into a pack of wolves. That seems to be not that uncommon of a thing to do. Um, well, yeah, I would say it's uncommon. Okay. I, uh, but I've, but <clears throat> of the handful of times, it's always been interesting. Typically, they bark at you and howl, and they, uh, they're not too happy to see you. How close did you get, and did you get any photos? <clears throat> uh, yeah, well, uh, both times I got photos. Um, the one wolf, I, um, he was probably, ooh, I don't know, maybe 15, 10, 15 feet away. I mean, and um, he popped up, ran away, but there were more coming down the trail. So that was a, that's one of my favorite photos, too, is that it's a wolf in the bear grass, hmm. just sitting there looking at me. I'll be darned. Yeah. And then uh, a couple years ago now, um, you know, it was late in the year and really windy day, so they can't really hear you. Couldn't, the wind was right, so they couldn't smell us. And we just happened to walk into them. And they were in a rendezvous site. They'd made a kill, and, oh, man, they scattered off. I mean, the one they started running across the river, and so I got some photos of that. And then um, – we came around the corner and there was another one. I almost stepped on him too. That's the one you stepped on. So that was all in one encounter. Then. No, no, no. This is two different oh, okay. times. Yeah, but but as far as you know, I've been doing this for twenty three years now, John. Yeah. And um, yeah, the wolf encounters I can count on one hand. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So <clears throat> some of the, some photo photographers like to talk about their best photos. Um, if you were going to pick some of your best photos, what would they be? Well, uh, I would say I would say you know one of the some of the most memorable photos came from two thousand and three with the fires, uh, the Robert Fire in oh, Glacier okay. National Park, yeah. um, and um, the Trapper Fire at the high uh, on the Loop because um, yeah. it burned like completely over the road, and I happened to be there the day that happened. Wow! wow. So that was pretty cool. Um, the Wolverine that we spoke of before, you know, the wolves. Um, Boy, there's been um, there's been some uh, one of my most iconic photos, the one that's um, probably been around the world because it went viral, uh, is a picture of some bighorn sheep uh, on Haystack Butte hmm. with all the bare grass, and you can see you know it has a whole mountain. So, so now your photos appear in Hungry Horse News and other places, but Hungry Horse News, what do you call it? What's your your? Uh, it's the photo. Newspaper of Glacier National Park. And it really is. And you've had a couple times where you've like, what about your 100 days in a row where you photograph Glacier? Yeah, in 2009 for the centennial of Glacier, I photographed the park for 100 straight days. And oh, um, and then uh, and then we I published a, 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 like a blog and a uh, like a magazine on it. Hmm. Yeah. What was that like to spend? What you you either stay overnight or drive up there every day because you're only living like, yeah, like can, twenty can, miles from the park. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I camped um, when I could, 
But most of the time, I did it after work. Got to remember, I was still working full time. Yeah. So a lot of times, it was in the evenings or early mornings, before and after work. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the book, one of the books you wrote was called Through Glacier National Park, and that's where you retraced Mary Roberts Reinhardt's um, tracing through the park. Right. How did that go? Well, Reinhardt did, you know, went, went through the park in 1915, so 100 years later, right. I retraced the same thing. Right. And it was it was a lot of fun. Were you able to find a lot of the sites she actually uh, camped in and so oh, forth? Oh, sure, yeah. She made a... She was pretty meticulous in the book about where they had went, so I just mm-hmm. had to piece it together. It was like 240 miles they went. Mm-hmm. There was a few gaps, but sure. not very many. Well, you've written a couple books, including uh, Boy Wonder and the Big Burns, and that one has to be a special book to you, right? Oh, sure, yeah. That uh, um, that was I did that back after the fires mm-hmm. of 03 and 01, um, and basically it chronicles uh, the fires and the relationship I have with my autistic son, yeah. who was just a little kid back then, and how I kind of used hiking in the woods as therapy for him. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say to anybody with an autistic child to not give up, because today he's my right-hand man. <laughs> he can't talk, but he carries probably three-quarters of the gear. I'm amazed at the stuff you guys do. I mean, in the Bob there, when you were going up... Uh, couple of steep mountainsides, um, this side, the other side of Black Bear, Helen Creek, and he's cranking up there with all oh, that yeah, weight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to, we, we've, we've done, uh, like last summer, we did uh, 45, 50 miles in the Bob on one trip. Wow. Yeah. And he likes to eat apples. So <laughs> so he carries, he, he'll he'll carry like five pounds of apples because that's like two pounds of apples. Yeah, it's like a couple, yeah. not two pounds of apples a day, but it's two apples a day. Yeah. yeah. Well, the good thing he about carrying carry heavy stuff in is you don't have to carry it out. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not literally anyway. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you see in your future covering Glacier and the Bob? Well, I'm working on video now. I'm working on a long-term uh, video project uh, on public land. I can't really talk much about that, yeah. but... I'm also working on, um, uh, I want to do a series of, uh, of films on what's called Portraits and Conservation. And um, so the next one will be about uh, uh, some private landowners in the Flathead Valley that has, uh, uh, the land actually has old growth forest, which is really hmm. cool. Okay. And I'm going to spend like a year in there doing this wow. doing this film. Well, you really look in the long term when you do things like that. I don't know if I'd have the patience to go to a glacier 100 straight days or look at a year <coughs> documentary like you're doing. Yeah, well, you know, I go, to, I go, I'm in the woods, I figure, 250 days a year. Wow. Yeah. In, yeah. That's why you're so weird, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, I have a different perspective on life. People might might call it weird, but um, I I like to think of it as uh, an appreciation of quiet. Okay, as we we get ready to sign off here, so you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but have you ever been scared in all these trips? You had to have had some fear at some point. What was your scariest experience? Oh, well, you know, freezing to death. Hmm. Has been basically the biggest thing. Really? Yeah. yeah go. Uh, went over. Piquet, um, no, I'm sorry. Pitamakan Pass in a snowstorm. It with sneakers on. Whoa. Yeah. That was fun. Pitamakan can be pretty yeah, windy, was, right? Yeah. It was. It was. Fortunately, it was <laughs> not windy, and uh, I have to thank God for a um, bighorn sheep that happened to drop down onto the trail <laughs> from the pass, or I probably would still be up there wandering around <laughs> looking for it. <laughs> That's great. Well. Uh, that's all the time we have, uh, Chris. So thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate it. And keep up that great photography in Glacier Park. Well, thanks, John. I appreciate your time, too. That's all the time we have today for this segment of the Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. And please watch the library page, the website, and Facebook page for more shows as they're posted. 
Also, feel free to send us questions or ideas. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.